0: and welcome to this month's podcast brought to you by Nutri-Ingredients. My name is Will Chu and I'm the site's science and technology editor. Now today my special guest is Dr Lisa Ryan, head of Department of Sport, Exercise and Nutrition at the Galway Mayo Institute of Technology in Ireland. Now I managed to catch up with Dr Ryan at a recent nutrition industry event where her presentation centred around healthy ageing, and the gender, taste and nutritional considerations in creating food for the older population. Now I began by asking how males and females differ in the ageing process and how that affected food choice.
1: So I suppose really one of the things that I would talk about a lot is that, uh, you know, we speak about personalised nutrition but we haven't even got right how we actually feed men and women. And we know that men and women have different numbers of taste buds and as we age all of our taste buds decline but actually it, t- it seems to affect the genders differently and most notably around the menopause which of course, you know, women 50% roughly of the population, they're all going to go through the menopause at some stage. And out of the women that go through the menopause, around 50% of all women end up with this burning sensation in the mouth, this dry mouth feel, which all affects their taste and that ultimately affects food choice. And if we're in the interest of creating foods optimised for health and we want people to eat them, we kind of need to know what's affecting their taste and ultimately how that's going to drive their behaviour.
0: And and the findings uh, that you uh, discussed about food, could you perhaps apply them to supplements or nutraceuticals?
1: Yeah, certainly. So, Really, some of where where this kind of work is even coming from is things that we've anecdotally noticed in hospital settings with cancer patients, for instance, where in Ireland, in certain parts of the country, cancer patients are given a drink called bovril, you know, it's a meat extract, you know, and we noticed that those cancer patients tended to tolerate meat a lot better than others. And so it goes to show that priming with certain flavors can actually almost ready the body or maybe the taste buds to actually consume greater amounts of food which is, in in an ageing population, what we we might well want to be doing. Now, the other area that I spoke about that I think this could have applications is for people that lost their sense of taste as a result of COVID, because we know that some individuals are still suffering with taste issues, etc. And we perhaps could use novel supplements, nutraceuticals to actually enhance perception of flavour and taste to try and enjoy food again.
0: During your findings, did you ever think about uh, things like, well, certainly for the elderly, a, a lack of jaw movement or perhaps a lack of teeth in, in, in considerations for food supplements, or yeah. tools?
1: So I suppose that comes into everything about food structure, and again, these are things that we think need to be optimised really for ageing population. We think by the age by the year twenty sixty, over thirty percent of the population are probably going to be over the age of sixty five, and with those, yes people will have different levels of dentition capabilities to chew etc and so food structures need to be optimised for those populations and we've an opportunity now to start analysing people that are old and healthy and start retrospectively saying you know what do they do etc and how can we actually now prospectively change foods to you know be suited to ageing populations.
0: In your personal opinion do you think food for the elderly is perhaps overlooked by manufacturers or food makers?
1: Totally, I, I like I'll even jump in before you finish because I've said this for years. I, I I actually think it is something we don't look at at all enough, so we do know from food consumption data that certainly some elderly individuals are buying baby food, you know, and that's because often it's packaged in a size that is actually suitable for them because if you live on your own, if you don't have good dentition, then you're going to go for something that is the right size and also of the right um, consistency for you to be able to consume it. I don't think there is enough at all. In some, you know, I know certainly in Australia, when I worked at Monash, there was a lot of innovation going on in home, like care homes for the elderly, and how food was presented to try and increase the amount that people were consuming, but we don't see it on the supermarket shelves. And if we're encouraging people to stay healthy for longer, we should also be looking at portion size food availability for those individuals. Final
0: question. uh, What kind of recommendations would you give to manufacturers um, in order for the elderly to wholly enjoy their food uh, and, and nutrition?
1: I suppose to firstly kind of think that the needs of the elderly are not the same you know we have subgroups now within our aging population particularly if people are going to live to 110 120 we can't say that everyone over the age of 65 is all you know that they're all going to have the same requirements so I think we need to start looking at subgroups within that also think about you know what are their taste preferences what kind of food structures it needs to be optimized for them and then start targeting foods aimed at those individuals with appropriate marketing and advertising strategies.
0: My thanks to Dr Lisa Ryan for taking the time to discuss this often overlooked issue in which enjoyment of food appears to take a backseat to its functionality and purpose of nourishment, at least for the elderly population. Now please remember to subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app. Also consider sharing this with any friends or colleagues who may be interested. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and Google Podcasts. Until next time, goodbye for now. Thank mm-hmm. you.